Hello and welcome to episode 117 of Kimberly's Italy. I'm Tommaso and La Coppa will be back next week. And first off, I'd like to apologize for not getting this specific episode up earlier, but life has a habit of getting in the way of things. Uh, and frankly, we've had quite a lot of life lately. Anyway, here's the third part of the formally promised prepare, connect and protect all about getting your phone ready and your options to connect while traveling and staying safe while connected in beautiful Belle Italia. But first, let me give you a little refresh from the past episode that we talked about this, which was way back at episode 103. One is preparing your phone, which I'll go over, but there's some new things that have come out since then. And like iOS 17, with which came out yesterday, I speak about uh, iOS because that's what I have. And it's what La Coppa has. And a large, the, major, the vast majority of our listeners are on iOS devices. So that's my knowledge base. That's my platform. I don't know much about the Android operating system. But as I said before, I want to help you prepare your phone. So let's start off what we have to do first. Get it up to date prior to leaving and then turn off automatic updates so it's not updating while you're on the road. And that is very, very, very important. And particularly right now that Apple has launched iOS 17. So what's going to happen is all of the apps want to send out a new version of the app to take advantage of the stability and all the new feature sets in iOS 17. So there is a PDF on our website, which you can download and you can follow along as to what I'm doing and telling you how to prepare your phone with some actual screenshots of my phone. So you have a better understanding of how to get this done. I'll walk you through it. The PDF is on Kimberly'sItaly.com forward slash connect. And there'll be some other links in there too, which I'll be describing in the rest of the episode. So as I said before, you want to get your phone ready, prepare it, get it up to date, and then turn off automatic updates. So if you're going to update the operating system to iOS 17 or any update that you have coming, get it done prior to leaving and then turn off automatic updates. So it's not updating while you're on the road. That's illustrated in the PDF. On page one, you'll see where it says automatic updates and how to turn it off. That's an illustration A. Illustration B, you'll see where to turn off download iOS updates. On page two, you will see where, how to turn off the background app refresh. And that's in the images labeled C and also D where I highlight airplane mode. I'll be talking about that later, but you definitely want to turn off background app refresh. Basically airplane mode, I just like to leave it I leave it on when we are traveling a lot because it just keeps you from trying to connect to everything. And I'm a big fan of simplifying my digital life while I'm traveling. On page three of the PDF, you'll see an illustration E. To use data on a partner network, the data roaming setting needs to be on, like if you're using an eSIM, which we'll talk about later. 
or if you are using your mobile provider like Verizon or T-Mobile, you basically need to have this on so that they'll know to connect while you are roaming. I have roaming turned off in this illustration, but when you're abroad, if you will be using cellular data, you need to have this turned on. Underneath that, you will see on the lower left, it says add eSIM. This is where you will add your eSIM. Now, I'd like to explain something. Kimberly pointed this out when I talked to her earlier in the day. Up until 2019, eSIMs were not really popular. It was just starting to gain traction. Up until this point, you had to actually put a physical SIM card in, and a SIM card is what allows you to connect to local networks. Every phone has a SIM in it. And basically, you had to put in a second SIM card. You no longer have to do that. It's much easier with an eSIM. Right below that, you'll see it gives you an idea of what you've downloaded in the current period and your current period roaming. This gives you a good indication of what you are using for data. In illustration F under cellular, you will see halfway down, I've turned off Amazon. Now, there might be some things you want left on while you're using cellular data, like Instagram or messaging, or you want the weather, but you Google Maps, but you don't need everything turned on. You don't need everything trying to connect and pull down new data. You can do that over Wi-Fi later. The object here is to maximize your cellular data usage while you're on the road. Okay, so let's get into it. You are what I'm going to call a typical family of four, two adults and two children. That is our current data client profile. And there are three ways to connect while you're in Italy on your phone. You can either A, utilize either the packages provided with your cell phone provider. In my case, that's Verizon. B, you can utilize an eSIM package. And I'm going to specifically talk about the eSIM cards here. And they're really not cards. They've got them embedded in my brain. It's merely a software solution. And C, you can just connect everywhere via free Wi-Fi. But there are significant risks to doing that. And I'm going to suggest if you're in Group C and you want to connect just via Wi-Fi, then you get a VPN, which is a virtual private network. It's a small piece of software that encrypts the information from the point of origin, which is your phone, to the destination. And I'll go into why you need that later in the episode. Better yet, let me just go a little bit further regarding Wi-Fi, because without putting you to sleep and droning on forever, I'll try and make this as succinct as possible. When you're dealing with routers, which you're connecting with Wi-Fi, there is some software on every router and it's on a chip, and that's called firmware. And when vulnerabilities are identified on routers by companies, then people who own the routers generally update their firmware. Some of them just don't allow for automatic updates. And depending on the age of the router that you're trying to connect to, it may not even be supported anymore. And I'm a particularly careful guy because of my background in enterprise resilience and corporate wargaming. I understand the vulnerabilities that are out there. And from our own perspective, our provider of cable internet, 
Uh, our cable modem doesn't actually allow me to go in there and update the firmware. So I put a second router right behind that. And that router is the one that I control. And that router is the one we actually connect to in our home. So we actually have two routers going out. And you may find me a bit anal about it, but there's darn good reasons why I do this. And let me put it into a situation that you'll find yourself in Italy. So you're sitting down somewhere, whether it's a restaurant, a cafe, essentially any public place. And you ask your waiter or your waitress or the hostess for the Wi-Fi password because you want to check out a few things. Well, let me point out a few facts. One, you have no idea how, when, or even if that router has been maintained. And if it has been compromised by a third party, a hacker. And I guarantee you, a lot of routers are very easily hacked. And there are people making significant livings over compromised hardware. They're gathering information and utilizing that information to enrich themselves. And maybe that's a small amount from a lot of people or a medium amount from a few people or a large amount from a single person. But you have no idea how that router has been maintained. And as I mentioned later in this podcast, we're going to go into the VPNs. And putting a VPN on your phone, it will encrypt the information at the source of your phone before it's sent. And it goes through multiple servers along the way. And those servers are very secure. And it's like putting a secure wrapper around all your information. But first, before we get into just Wi-Fi, let's go back and talk about the eSIMs or something like a travel pass from a provider like Verizon. And as I mentioned, an eSIM has only been around since about 2018, 2019. There were SIM cards beforehand, and you may very well have a phone that requires you to add a physical SIM card if you had your phone for quite a while. An eSIM is something that you buy online. You download basically a piece of software, and it allows you to connect to another local cellular network while in Italy. And I'm going to put some links on a webpage, kimberlysitaly.com forward slash connect. So you'll be able to check out those links and see if you'd like to buy these eSIMs. There are a few that I recommend and you scan a QR code or you download a piece of software, depending on which one you pay for it with your credit card and it goes on your phone and then you can utilize their network while in Italy. And the one I generally speak about is Orange. It's the brand in Europe that's the biggest cell provider across Europe. They are based in France. I'll go into that a little bit talking about it, but you're basically going to get a French cell phone number that you don't actually have to use. Bear with me here. So stepping back to the other alternative, buying for something like Verizon, all they're doing is buying time from a local provider like Orange. And Verizon doesn't have its own cell tower set up over there. And I'm not that sure about T-Mobile, but I do know T-Mobile started out as a European company. But it still has deep European roots. But, you know, there are no gifts for anyone. And people say, oh, I can use T-Mobile in Europe. But it's not that easy. You might get free access, but the free access is slow. And there are no freebies in life, certainly not from the cellular providers. The other thing, let's talk about connecting with cellular speeds because 
the speed over there, if you're not doing it right, can be extremely frustrating compared to where she used to at home. So I won't go into the difference between uh, 5G, 4G, 3G. There's there's all this difference in speeds. I do know that the best providers are on 5G, at worst case, 4G. Oftentimes what happens is when you run through, if you don't really research this the right way, you end up with a potentially a 3G network. They ratchet you down to 3G. So let's say you buy a, you buy a travel pass from Verizon and Verizon says you can download two gigabytes a day. When you reach that limit, because it's only for the day, it doesn't roll over. When you reach that two gigabyte limit, they, they ratchet it right down. And when it ratchets down, it is really close to, yes, that's dial-up speeds. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like 3G and it's really, really, really slow. The other thing from buying a plan from someone like Verizon, I'll call it use it or lose it. So you're allowed to have two gigabytes of day of data. And basically the average person will use between 500 and one gigabyte, you know, generally just doing normal things. I'm not talking about streaming from YouTube. I'm not talking about spending all day on Instagram, watching videos or TikTok. What they have is a use it or lose it. So let's say I sign up for Verizon Travel Pass if I don't use that gig, those, that two gigs during that day, it doesn't roll over to the next day. The next day, I have to spend $10 again. Now, the question is, are you the average person? And that number may make a lot of sense to a lot of people. And along with that Verizon package, you get unlimited calls and unlimited texts. Now, that's fine if you want unlimited calls. But frankly, unless you're in an emergency, I don't really want to be bothered while I'm in Italy. If it's something back home, say you're taking care of your parents, say there's someone you have to check in on every day, uh, it's a good package to have because you don't have to worry about spending, you know, $1.79 or $2 a minute while you're on the phone over there, which can quickly add up. But let's take a typical scenario here. You're a family of four that I mentioned before. And if everyone has that plan, that's $40 a day because, of course, your kids are going to have access to the internet. Okay, and let's say you're there for two weeks. So that's $40 a day times 14 days. Do the math. That's $560 just for connectivity. And should anyone go over that two gigabytes a day and they want to continue to use it, that drops down dramatically, like I said before. Remember that dial-up a long time ago. It ends up almost being non-functional at this stage. It's going to ratchet down to 3G. And you're going to have a hard time getting weather reports. You're going to have a hard time just looking at that progress bar. And it's going to be very, very frustrating once that gets ratcheted down. So on the travel pass from someone like Verizon for a family of four, that gets very expensive. And that $560 can be a fair amount of other types of things like gelato, pizza, good wine. So maybe just one person in the group needs to be on that plan and the rest can be on something else, right? So what is that? 
Ah, an eSIM. And an eSIM allows you to have data and make phone calls if you need to. But unfortunately, that regular phone call is going to come with a different number. Likely with Orange, it's going to be a French number. But if you're using WhatsApp like you would back home, you don't have a problem at all. WhatsApp to WhatsApp is still Kimberly calling Tommaso, Tommaso calling Kimberly. So as I mentioned before, WhatsApp's a great tool to have in your arsenal while you're trying to communicate abroad. And the beauty of that is messaging on that is going to go over the data network and you're just not going to use much data at all while you're using WhatsApp. It's very, very efficient. So let's do the numbers. Let's say mom gets the travel pass and everyone else gets an eSIM. What does that cost? Well, for mom, it's 14 days. At 10 bucks a day, that's $140. Everyone else is going to be hit in the range of $30 to $40 for two, for two full weeks. So let's say that's maxed out at $40. So mom's $140 plus three other people at $120. That's $260. You're saving a lot of money off the previously mentioned $560. That's a couple meals out. That's several nice bottles of wines. That's a lot of gelato. Now, let's say you don't want any cellular data at all. Let's go back to, you know, your number C way back when, when I was talking about the how you're going to access the internet. You're just going to go with complete Wi-Fi, public Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi in the hotel, Wi-Fi in the Airbnb, Wi-Fi wherever you are, and you can use your WhatsApp and communicate. And you know what you're doing. You're not worrying about anything else. You're not worrying about phone calls. If you make them, you're going to make them via WhatsApp. I just spent 45 minutes today with a friend in Barcelona over WhatsApp, and it was a perfect call. No problem the whole time. But what is the problem with connecting with Wi-Fi in the public arena anywhere? Well, as I mentioned before, you have no idea the last time the routers were updated, the firmware, the router, the router could no longer, as I mentioned before, I know this is eye glazing, but it could not be supported. So you're essentially waving a flag out there to any hackers, any people who want my data, ransomware, malware, spyware, looking to capture your banking information while you're checking on your bank. Who knows? It's real and it happens. And I'm not exaggerating or BSing you here. So what you then want to do once you're going to go down the route of using public Wi-Fi is you want to have a VPN. I can't emphasize this enough, a virtual private network. This encrypts the data on the source of your phone and it sends it across whatever network you're using, whether it's a cellular network or a Wi-Fi network, it encrypts it. It doesn't allow anyone to snoop on it. And the one I recommend that protects you also from malware is NordVPN. And to give you an example of this, somehow my pharmacy was hacked and I keep getting ridiculous spams via email and text messaging asking me to log on. And I look at the URL and it's nefarious and I know there's nothing there, but what they want me to do is for, or what they want someone to do who's unsuspecting is to click on this so they can download garbage on their phone and potentially get information and utilize it for their own financial benefit. So I view a VPN as essential while traveling, essential period. 
And I recommend NordVPN. And even if you're listening to this while you're traveling in Italy, you can still get NordVPN. And a VPN is a good thing. Anywhere you are in the world, our privacy is being compromised every single day. So I'm a case study. I've got my NordVPN and I'm in Italy. And I connect to one of multiple locations like Rome or Milan. And I connect to those NordVPN servers. When you fire the application up, it asks you where you want to connect to. And I go into a restaurant and I say, what's the Wi-Fi password? Or is there a free Wi-Fi? And you know the whole drill. Passwords are so ridiculous today. Like they could say it's password one, two, three, four. I've had it happen. And anyone can ask for a password and they give it up. And it's basically, you know, it could be a customer. It could be somebody else, but you don't know what's behind all that. And going back to what I said before, that firmware, everything else. And I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but I'm pretty, pretty forceful about this subject. So I get on the Wi-Fi locally and I want to communi communicate with someone, whether it's a server, whether it's my bank, whatever. I go through the VPN. Again, it's encrypted. It's a nice blank wrapper around all of your data. No one can see what's going out. No one can grab my information. And I use a VPN a lot when I do research. A VPN is a way for me to stay private on the internet. And that's why they call it a virtual private network. And someone like Nord, who I'm recommending, has over 5,700 servers around the globe. So again, let's go back through this whole thing. You prepare, you update your phone prior to leaving. Do not update your phone on the road. And then choose your method on how you're going to connect while on the road. And frankly, I use an eSIM, and I not only use an eSIM, but I also, again, use the VPN. So I like the idea of the flexibility of the eSIM because most of my friends are on WhatsApp and if I wanted to speak to someone, I could send them a message on WhatsApp and I call them on WhatsApp and we have a conversation. Again, WhatsApp runs over the data network and all of Kimberly's Italy's vendors, all the restaurants in Italy, all the drivers, all the boat people, they all use WhatsApp. She speaks to them every single day. I hear her yakking in Italian in her office over WhatsApp, or she gets a message from someone, some boat driver, some handsome boat driver in Amalfi or a hotel and a voice recording. And they, they send a recording, ciao, bella donna. And I hear that. I will also use an eSIM so that I can be flexible in my use of data. It doesn't run out. If I buy 40 gigs of download, generally lasts for 14 or 28 days. It really depends. You, you use it when you need it and you don't get ratcheted down at the end of the day. That way I can connect whenever I want to. And if some days I don't, I'm not paying for something I'm not using that day. And if the next day it's raining and we're having a lion, I want to watch a YouTube video or something, I can utilize all the bandwidth I need with no problem. So, okay, sum up there will be links on the page with the pdf which describes how to lock down your phone and the links to the eSIMs and the links to nordvpn and it's in the show notes to be truly above board if you click on any of those eSIMs or the nordvpn uh, and you actually buy something we're going to get a little piece of it 
maybe a dollar or something or one euro for providing this service to you. It's called an affiliate program and we're an affiliate of both NordVPN and some eSIM services. So thank you very much. Have a great trip and I hope this has been beneficial to you. So Tommaso out. Remember that noise? Oh God, I hate that noise. What a nightmare memory. The only thing worse than that dial-up tone was when it came out and said, you've got mail. Anyway, ciao, ciao.